means we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the September 15th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Ladies first on Thursday's show. You might say Asia Wilson and the Las Vegas Aces are coming up aces in the Women's National Basketball Association finals. The Aces lead the Connecticut Sun two games to none and will try for a sweep of the best-of-five championship series later Thursday night in Connecticut. Asia Wilson was named the WNBA's most valuable player for the 2022 season. Asia was also the league MVP in 2020, and she certainly has played up to her MVP status during the first two games of the WNBA Finals. In Game 1, Asia tallied game-high totals of 24 points and 11 rebounds as the Aces beat the Sun in Las Vegas 67-64. to And in Game 2, Asia Wilson again led the Aces with 26 points and 10 rebounds as the Aces defeated the visiting Sun 85-71 to in Las Vegas. Now we'll see whether Wilson and the Aces can close out the series in Connecticut. The Aces are bidding for their first WNBA title. Now the team's history traces back 25 years to the WNBA's inaugural season of 1997. The team was founded in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the Utah Stars. Then the team moved to San Antonio, Texas, where it was known as the San Antonio Silver Stars and then shortened to the San Antonio Stars. The team relocated to Las Vegas, Nevada, before the 2018 WNBA season. The Connecticut Sun, meanwhile, also is bidding for its first WNBA title. The Sun will need to rally and shine brightly if they want to lift the trophy in 2022. Once again, the Las Vegas Aces lead the Connecticut Sun two games to none in the WNBA Finals. The Aces will win the trophy with a victory later Thursday night. Sporty greetings. This is Nick Seppi, basketball coach at Deuva University in Buffalo, New York. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. Thanks. Thanks, Coach. Coach Nick has helped conduct basketball camps in more than half a dozen African countries, among them Nigeria, Ghana, Benin, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, Togo, and Niger. In an interview with Iron Mike Mbonye, Coach Nick said he believes young African players will continue to develop and excel in the sport. I think they can do it. I mean, you, you look at right now, you've got all these players getting recruited to high major universities like Ohio State has, has a kid from Lagos. Um, there's just so many people who are be getting recruited to play at these high major Division One schools, and they're on NBA radars already. 
so I think it, it's going to happen. It's inevitable because with social media, with videos, technology, more camps being done in Africa, more kids are going to be seen. And the more that they are seen, the more everybody's like, you know what? This kid has potential. I like this kid. I'm going to give him an opportunity. I'm going to develop this kid. I think he has, he can play at that level. So it, it's going to happen one way or the other. And the guys who have already paved the way in the league, you know, they're, they just laid the groundwork for the next generation. Among the countries visited during the Jordan Wara Foundation camp, what was the level of response to training by young African basketball players? Throughout the course of the camp, the states, everywhere we went for the Jordan Noir camps, these kids were coachable. They had the desire to get better. And as, to me, that's the biggest thing. You know, you can teach them how to dribble, how to shoot, but just to have the desire to get better, to have the discipline to be coached, that's probably the rarest skill and the most important thing, you know, because you keep working, you want to get better, you want to do right by your family, you, you want to get an education, you want to potentially make money from basketball. It's like you, that, that's what you need to do. And everywhere we went, these, these kids played so hard. You know, they listened to everything you said. They had questions. They just, you know, they did everything you wanted them to do. And if we had more time with them, I know that you know, we can just develop them to a point where they can just get more and more opportunities and get better and better and better. Apart from Jordan Moore Foundation Camp, do you have advice or suggestions on how to make the game grow in the continent? Apart from the camps from the Jordan Noir Foundation, the one thing I feel that, you know, Africa and Nigeria needs to take that next step is just the resources. You know, and I, and I hate to compare it to America, but that's what I have to compare it to. But even the other European countries is whether it's the courts, the coaching, the you know, access to basketballs, the leagues from middle school to high school to college everybody everywhere else just has so much more you know kids can go anywhere and play at any time and in africa it's not the same you're lucky if you find an outdoor court you know that has a, a decent rim and level ground whereas if you go to these other countries you can find that anywhere outdoor and there's a, a lot of places indoor where you can go practice, you can get coached, you have training, and you can do it year-round. So to me, just being able to provide those facilities, those resources, just from skill work to coaching, that is the biggest separator. And if you can close the gap to make it an even playing field, I think the sky is the limit for everybody in Africa, and these kids can really compete with these other countries. We just have to find a way to get the powers that be to buy into these kids' futures and understand that basketball is a tool that these kids can use to get an education, to get a job, and to really represent their country at the highest level. Nick, do you think Africa has potentials to produce good players for the NBA and European Basketball League? So to piggyback off of my last response about resources, the potential is there. I've never seen so much talent in one place. 
now on to Africa twice, last year and this year, and I've saw a lot of different kids. There may be one or two of the same faces, but I saw a lot of new talent. And who knows who else is out there from male and female that have the potential to be the next star. So it's just, can we develop them? Can we find them? Will we find them? It's there. It's just, we just have to make sure we present the platform, present the opportunity. And I, I think Africa can rival any country in the world when it comes to basketball talent. That's American college basketball coach Nick Seppi. And Coach Nick spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from the U.S. state of New York. Hello, listeners. My name is Sheila Omriya-Buyungo, KCCA Volleyball Club head coach and national team uh, head coach for the Uganda Volleyball Cranes men. Listen to Sony Side of Sports on Voice of America. Coach Sheila has broken some big gender barriers in African men's volleyball. In this encore sunny side of sports feature presentation, Magume Davis Raka Winch tells us more from Kampala, Uganda. Okay, defense. Uganda National Volleyball Team, the Cranes coach, Shira Umariwa Buyungo stands at the center of both Kampala City Council Authority Volleyball Training Ground for both males and female teams. She may have a soft mothery voice, but instructions sink so deep in the minds of players, males and females. One of the players here is Varun Anyu, a receiver attacker. Varun says she has developed so much since she started training under Coach Sheila Buyungo. You have to learn very many positions. You don't have to be specific in one position. So I've learned to receive, to attack, to move. Very many things I've learned from her. She's more than a coach. She's a mother. She's a sister. She's a friend. She's a person you can lean on in time of need. Even in times of problems, she's a person you can run to and she'll be there for you. For her, every game you play, you have to analyze how has the other team beaten you? How have you beaten? What are the things that has made you beat the other team? You have to come back and analyze all those things that you prepare for the next game. And every training session, you have to prepare better for the next opening. You go hard for the next game. Sheila Buyungo made history in Ugandan sports last year after she was appointed the first female to manage the Uganda National Volleyball Men team, the Cranes. And her first task was to guide the Volleyball Cranes at Africa Volleyball Championships in Kigali, Rwanda, where Uganda was to play Africa Volleyball greats like Tunisia, Egypt and Cameroon. National team call was, 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 was during COVID. So imagine volleyball was out for two years, and then the federation says, ah, they've opened up, we're going to play. Now you're, 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 you're planning to play a qualifier of people who have been tr- against people who have been training, people who have actually played in, uh, in the Olympics. So for them, they've been in season. So that's what came to my mind when the technical director, Tony Lakonyi, called me and told me, um, decided to, you're going to coach the men's team. I was being informed. The way he asked me, I was being informed. I was not being asked. She did not disappoint as she helped Uganda 
clinched the fifth position after beating host Rwanda in a highly contested match. But how did it start? Sheila used to volunteer to coach females playing amateur volleyball upon her return from the U.S. where she had also engaged in volleyball activities as a player and as a coach. It is then that males at local club, Kampara Amateur Volleyball Club, KVC, invited her to help them hone their skills. I thought it was one of those things, again, where it's our joke. Um, so they told me, but we're serious, you come and coach us. So I told them, okay, I can do that only if you follow my rules. They're like, rules? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and at that point when I said it, I guess also me, I didn't really think, you know, it was going to be like, hey, come and coach us, like seriously. So I accepted. And the first thing I did, of course, was share my rules. I actually went back home and sat down and drew up the rules. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I saw that folder recently in my drive and I laughed. Wow. So I drew up what I called the Sheila rules. <laughs> wow. Basic things. These include time management, respect and commitment. One of the male players here, Onisima Simuhumuza, says he's enjoying playing under Sheila Buyungo's instructions. If we face our challenges as players, yeah, but mothers, you say mothers, they are the soft creatures, I would say, on this planet. Men coaches, they are somehow tough, you know. But she's like, no, calm down. Eh? I'm not that tough. I'm not the tough coach you would see. I've enjoyed being around her as a mom. You know, even if you go in homes, dads are the most feared people. So if I would say to men who are coaches, you would be considered to see that. KCCA volleyball assistant coach Alex Mugoda says he too is learning from Sheila's time at the club. There are some things I like from her and the, the principles. She's this woman who is principled. If she says something, it means that. If she says I want this, that's what she wants. And the other thing I want with her is time management. Myself, I've been a coach for some good time. I've trained teams, I've coached teams. But time management somewhere, somewhere defeats me. But for the time I'm working with her, Again, I'm learning more to be a time manager than her because of that thing that she puts in me. Shira says it's not an easy task coaching males as a woman. But she says she sets guiding principles for herself and the players. No, it's okay. One, 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 she tells players, both males and females, to practice just like they are playing in the finale in the next game. One of the players here, Unis Amron, the KCCA and national team captain, says that's a routine she has gotten used to both at her club and the national team. Yeah! No, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. Well, well, well. <laughs> that's okay. We should get to the next one. Uh, she's helped me see sport not just as a fun thing to do, yeah, but uh, as, uh, as something that can mold you into a responsible citizen. She's helped me realize you can actually grow while playing volleyball. Yeah, it has taught me how to be responsible for my actions. Yeah, because with Coach Sheila, you have to take responsibility for each and every action you do, whether it is on the court or off the court. Just like the rest of her teammates, Eunice calls Sheila a friend, a mother, 
and a mentor, someone that has nurtured her, become a better person. Shira rose to prominence last year when she was appointed to head the Uganda national men volleyball team, the Cranes, becoming the first ever woman to manage a national volleyball team on the African continent. Yet, she started the game at a later stage in her life. In fact, Sheila was summoned the national team which had never featured for any club. At that point in time, my dad wanted me to focus on school. I also didn't play for the university team, but I was always training. It's like I always wanted to make myself better. I wasn't fighting to be on the court playing. I was just trying to see how do I get better. I would watch people playing. I'm like, oh, I want to play like that person. Uh, and I was small, so I never, you know, set these goals of I want to spike and Norris worked on playing, working on my defense. I want to be a good defender. Eventually, she played for local club, Kampra Match Available Club, KVC, and then for the University of Bridgeport in Connecticut, U.S., where she honed her skills both as a player and a coach. Ending up in coaching uh, was also unplanned, but I enjoyed it because um, in, the, in the U.S., they, they use a lot of statistics. They use a lot of numbers, a lot of analysis of what you're doing to give you feedback on, you know, how many passes you're making, you know. Those numbers drive you to get better. They speak to you. So that's something... When I was grad assistant coach, that's one of the things I was doing. I was tracking the players' numbers while on the bench and giving feedback. And I think that analytical side of the game is what now drew me to the coaching. Shira obtained further coaching training from the University of Leipzig in Germany. But she says it has not been an easy job coaching the opposite sex. Recently at the qualifier we just attended, because some of them were very surprised. I remember the first game they asked my captain, she's your coach? Like when I came to sign. And he stood and looked at them, yes. So it was that shock of, oh, because I was the only woman at the championship. That shock of, oh. And, you know, just the players know what I can do. Technically, they know what I bring for them. So for them, it's not an issue. Normally, it's when you first go somewhere and people are seeing you and they're wondering, like, what is she doing here? But then you get over that. Defender Onesmas Muhumuza says, male players here have mutual respect for Coach Sheila. Any player who has been trying to hold back, she has been there, you know. She comes to you, she talks to you, feel free. She's like, feel free with me. Eh? I'm a lady, I know I'm a lady, but feel free. Eh? Talk to me, I will handle. If there are many issues, she'll be like, talk to the coach who's a man. So, But we have worked with it, we have dealt with it, and it is moving on very well. Yeah, we don't see her as a lady, no, we see her as a coach. She reaches you personally. If it includes calling you, texting you, she will do it just to make you improve. Yeah. Edward Buenje is the assistant coach for KCCA. For him, Coach Sheila is very principled, very determined, committed, and uh, she's a person who would want somebody to achieve. Somebody who is ready to achieve, she's there to support. Shira advises other women in sports, players, coaches, and administrators always have confidence just empower yourself the opportunity will come and you'll show what you can do and i know i tell people it's not about you know i'm a woman you're a man so it's me against you no just do what you can do to the best of your ability and the rest will just fall in place coach sheila buyungo says she's grateful for a supporting family she has she says she believes uganda has very talented volleyball players to compete at the global stage for the sunny side of sports, 
Ayamugume, Davis Rwakarinji ni Kampala, Uganda. Hi, I'm Kim Lewis. Join me and colleague Carol Van Dam as we discuss the challenges and progress being made by organizations and governments combating human trafficking and forced labor with guest Terry Fitzpatrick, director of the Alliance to End Slavery and Trafficking. Join us for PCUSA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Sunny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny, and my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. If you go to the Sunny Side of Sports Facebook page, you'll see a photo of Asia Wilson and the Las Vegas Aces, who, as I said earlier in the show, are coming up Aces in the WNBA Finals. I must say, Asia's fingernails in the photo look rather long. I remember when I was banging underneath the basket for the Trape Academy Rangers, I would often get scratches, yes, scratches on my shoulders and arms that proved I was going for the ball, I was going for the rebound, I was banging under the basket. But Asia, maybe you want to trim those fingernails a bit because I didn't like getting scratched. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Turning to tennis, Craig Gabriel has an update for us on the Davis Cup Finals. Three of what could be regarded as home sides in the Davis Cup by Rakuten got wins on the board. The exception was the USA upsetting the apple cart in Glasgow, Scotland by beating Great Britain. That tie went down to the doubles and ended around 1am. Tommy Paul gave the Americans a solid win over Dan Evans, who he'd never beaten before, 6-4-4-6-6-4, and it looked like Taylor Fritz would seal things for the Americans. Instead, Cam Norrie leveled things for the home side, 2-6-7-6-7-5. So it was down to the doubles and Rajiv Rao and Jack Sock got it done over Andy Murray and Joe Salisbury, 5-7-6-4-7-5. It would have been tough for Ram and Salisbury because only last weekend they won the U.S. Open doubles together. Italy is playing in Bologna, the home of what else but spaghetti bolognese, and it's definitely worth visiting the central Italian city just to enjoy the world's most popular Italian dish from its original home. It was bellissimo for the Italians as they got their Davis Cup campaign off to a flying start, clinching victory over Croatia after the two singles matches and then added the doubles. Lorenzo Musetti, who's highly regarded and has been dubbed a future top tenor, that is tennis, not tenor as in a singer, defeated Bornagoyo 6-4-6-2. Then Matteo Berrettini came from a set down to beat Borna Choric, who had a super run on the American hardcourt circuit 6-7-6-2-6-1. Berrettini said he always looked forward to playing Davis Cup. I wanted to be here uh, at all costs. Um, it's special for me. It's something that I dreamed 
passionate about when I was a kid, and it's a privilege, and I'm really happy to be here. Uh, the atmosphere was, was really great. I think I said it in Italian. Uh, I had to. I, I missed also Rome this year that is special for us. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to play every match possible, and, and we started in the right way. In Hamburg, the Germans needed the doubles match to get their win over France. The locals came back after dropping the second set to win in a match tiebreak. Earlier, Jan Leonard Struff saved a match point to beat Benjamin Bonzi, and then Frenchman Adrian Manorino beat German rookie Oscar Otte in straight sets. Day three of the competition, and Australia will take on France, and if Australia wins, they are all but assured of advancing to the finals in Malaga in November. In Bologna, Sweden is in with a similar situation to Australia when they play Croatia. Valencia will see Serbia take on Korea, and in Glasgow, the USA will be playing Kazakhstan. Craig Gabriel at Davis Cup by Rakuten for VOA Sports. Thanks, Craig. And when I think of that spaghetti bolognese, I got to say, Craig, that was an appetizing report indeed. But, Craig, you have to taste my wife's spaghetti sauce. She makes a wonderful spaghetti sauce. And it's a recipe that comes from the late Grandma Lockard. Rest in peace, Grandma. This is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. Now let's go to the Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo, where a new football academy has been created near Virunga National Park for youth ages 10 to 16. Officials at the academy say the school has much bigger objectives than improving soccer skills. Zanam Neti Zaidi reports from Goma in the Democratic Republic of Congo. The academy is called Youth Virunga Football Training and it's located in Rumangabo, in the middle of the green nature of the Virunga National Park. 50 young people have been selected to take part in this new soccer school, which aims to train young people so they are not tempted to join armed groups, of which there are hundreds in the province of North Kivu, in the east of the Democratic Republic of Congo. Physical exercise, tactics and ball handling are at the center of the academy's training sessions. Coach Prince Katsuva says the school also has important environmental and societal objectives. 
ces jeunes doivent comprendre qu'à travers le foot aussi, ils doivent contribuer à la protection. can also be used to protect the environment. We stated this initiative to protect the Virunga National Park, which is a world heritage. If these young people are not supervised, they risk joining the rebel groups. So we are preventing them by introducing them to the sports. Emmanuel Bahati Keita, head of the Southern Sector of the Virunga Park, says he hopes the academy can help protect the park and improve the lives of the young players. This park is under threat and the threats come from young people who are used by armed groups. So we put in place this initiative to fight against these threats that the park faces using soccer. The project's coordinator for his parts prefers to dream big. Dieboyongo uses the example of Senegalese football star Sadio Mane, who today helps the community where he grew up. Today we see what the footballer Sadio Mane is doing for his community. We also believe that among these young people, there will be footballers who will be useful to our country thanks to this initiative. Virunga Park has been under increasing threats since the resurgence of the M23 rebellion in late 2021. In recent months, they have been carrying out attacks on military positions, some of which are located in Virunga Park. For the Sony side of sport, I'm Zanem Netizaidi in Goma. Thanks, Zanem. And that wraps up the September 15th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports.